happy Friday, everybody. I'd love to give you a shout out for being here. Happy Friday. Oh, thank the Lordy we made it. It has been a week, y'all. I know both of us, like we're dealing with all kinds of allergies and just general stuff I think our toddler gave to us. Um, but, but very thankful to be heading into a nice weekend. Hope all of you have had a great week as well. Uh, if you don't know her because you're just used to seeing me on the channel, hey Janelle. Hey Janelle. Janelle, I hope you enjoyed your fishing trip. I did see your comment the other day, so hope you enjoyed that trip. Um, but if you don't know her, this is Claudia, my partner in podcast and partner in life. So she's joining us here. She does most of the time when we happen to go live as we continue to venture into a new foray for the channel. Um, so the big news of the day that I'll just address like immediately is, yes, DeAndre Hopkins has been released by the Arizona Cardinals. Now, that's an actual fact. That's not just like some dude from Bleacher Report who said some stuff and then it got reported 40,000 times. sources. <sighs> no, this one actually happened. And so DeAndre Hopkins has been let go. The Arizona Cardinals are absorbing like all $22 million of his cap hit just in this one year. They're not even spreading it out from what I read just a little bit ago. Still though, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is now 30 years old. Uh, it's you could argue it's really been since like 2020 was his last like truly DeAndre Hopkins style year with like 115 catches. The last two years have been a lot more subdued. Um, he's missed games last year, even underwent a six game suspension, then missed a couple of games due to injuries. Plus, given DeAndre's track record, I mean, you never want to label a guy, but given his uh, reputation, given his propensity across his career in the NFL, that dude always looks to get paid. I mean, there's been several times where his contract has been top-of-the-market style contracts, and uh, Green Bay's not even going to come remotely close to that. Would he be still, like, even at the age of 30, even without all of his production of the last couple of years, would he still be a worthwhile addition to the wide receiver and crew? Sure, in some ways, I mean, like he would fill that vet leadership role, right? And Lord knows, probably even a slightly old DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to give you more than like seventh round draft pick Grant DuBose. But at the end of the day, he's going to cost an exorbitant amount. The Green Bay Packers don't have the money for it. And I can go over the money here shortly. Um, I just, I don't see how that would even remotely happen. So let's just get that out of the way. Right away, put me on the record, you know. Um, so, yeah, diving into that, see a couple more comments here. Brandy, nice to see you. Uh, Brandy saying, Buda Baker would be a great fit. Well, yeah, I mean, he, I would support Buda Baker more than I would uh, DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Obviously, Hopkins you don't have to pay for with trade compensation, but Buda Baker would come in and immediately fill the box safety role for the Packers and do it miles better than anyone that they have on the roster right now. The issue, of course, with Buddha, same thing, money. Packers have no money. Buddha wants all the money. So uh, I, I, I would love that one, though. It's just Russ Ball would have to pull some magic. The Real Talk podcast said, I heard Chris Godwin rumored to the Packers as well. Yeah, I've seen the same. I, I think uh, the Chris Godwin rumors were... Very similar to the uh, Devontae Adams trade rumors of the last weekend that I started. Um, 
I think that that was just someone pitching that, uh, hey, like this could be a match. Because anything, because once I saw that, I did like look into what Tampa is saying. And Tampa at their OTAs, all of their coaches have been talking about how good Godwin looks as of late, how much he's uh, the leader in the clubhouse with Mike Evans, and how they're looking forward to more versatility out of Godwin this year than they've ever gotten before. So it just didn't sound like a guy that they're looking to trade. And he's still on the better side of 30. He's still a young-ish receiver. Tampa would be looking for a lot. Plus, he gets paid a lot. Uh, so I, just difficult to see the match there, too. And then the Real Talk also saying, thoughts on Jaden Reed being wide receiver three behind Dobbs and Watson? Uh I mean, it's super early to tell, right? But I think at the end of the day, like, he stands a really good chance for it. He's a different style of receiver than either one of those guys, right? Now, Matt LaFleur loves to take even a guy like Christian Watson, who's not your prototypical slot, and still stick him in the slot. It was something like 50% of Watson's snaps last year came out of the slot. So MLF does love to kind of to mix around his guys and where they line up in the formation. With that being said, Jaden Reed, while doing like 80% of snaps collegiately on the boundary, in the NFL looks to be almost exclusively a slot receiver. And that's going to limit a little bit more like what packages he's going to come into. I do think we're going to see him take on some of the old school like Swerve and Irvin role where he's going to do some of the gadget mix-ins, stuff like that. So if you're talking from playtime, yeah, he very well could wind up wide receiver three. Statistically, sure, but I think his lack of versatility in that, like where he can line up, may, and especially in his rookie year, kind of hamper how often he's on the field. Go ahead. Brandy Lewis says, any wide receiver on the market is for some reason tied to Green Bay. Julio Jones was the last one I can remember. <laughs> right. Julio Jones has been linked to Green Bay for like 10 years. Like just, uh, He's going to be in a walker and a nursing home, and it's still going to be, Packers are in the conversation for Julio. Like, uh, Maybe it'll happen someday. Yeah. Uh, the Real Talk podcast, <sighs> Keyshawn Nixon is not a fan of fair catches on kickoffs. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a heart attack. You know, well, yeah, I mean, like, the Packers finally get an all-pro kick returner, right? Like, finally. Like, we suck for years. And then we finally get a good one, and the NFL puts in rules to basically get rid of and completely dwarf the kickoff as a play. Thank you so much, Mr. Goodell. But, like... The thing is, like, of course Nixon's not a fan, right? Um, I know from, like, what I've read, Bisaccia, most of the Packers are absolutely not a fan. Um, I have a feeling that we're still going to see a fair amount of returns from Keyshawn Nixon, like, regardless of what that rule is. They say one interesting thing about that rule that I that I only put out on Twitter that really crossed my mind a lot when that rule first happened. Um, think about the criticisms of Mason Crosby over the last couple of years. He's been a very accurate kicker, but one of the big knocks on Crosby has been his kickoffs just can't reach into the end zone. Well, now with this, like you can fair catch it anywhere within like the 25 and get it marked at the 25, does a kicker like Mason Crosby suddenly become more valuable? 
a guy who is deficient at kickoffs but excels at field goals, like is is his deficiency now almost muted? And I'm not saying he's going to return to Green Bay. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm not saying. But the I'm just saying. The tweet was deleted. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, think about kickers like that. Are they suddenly? Uh, a little bit higher on teams' priority list now because that knock of not being able to kick into the end zone suddenly isn't as uh, a grave a deficiency as it's been. It's at least something to think about as we go through the summer, as we inevitably see Anders Carlson do rookie kicker things in camp and have good days with not great days as Bisaccia works on coaching him. It's just something to... Something to be mauling over in the back of your mind that maybe some of these older kickers may be just a touch more valuable now because of that rule. Stephen Smith says, Hello all, have a heartfelt Memorial Weekend. You, you too, as well, Stephen. Stephen. Thanks Thank for stopping you. in. Uh, Janelle says, Nixon doesn't know the meaning of a fair catch. Nor should he. That's right. Um... Brandy's saying, I'm concerned that any injury to Kenny Clark would <laughs> severely hamper the run defense. How are we on depth? Not good, to, to put it really simply. I mean, so on the defensive line, right now, I think you've got five roster locks. And then you do have some interchangeability with a couple of the edge players. I mean, Rashawn, once he's back, can play on the line. Luke Van Ness is believed to be, you know, going to be on the line. But those are much more on your outside D-lines as opposed to, like, nose tackle. At the end of the day, in terms of true defensive linemen, the Packers really have five roster locks. And it's, it's Kenny Clark... Uh, T.J. Slayton, who's your true nose, Devontae Wyatt, last year's first-round pick, and then the two picks this year, Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden. Now, even with Brooks and Wooden, neither one of them are those critical, prototypical, like, huge-bodied nose tackles. Both of them are a little bit more even kind of your 3-4 end types. Beyond them, like beyond those five, you're getting to Jonathan Ford, last year's seventh round pick, who's never played in the game, Chris Slayton, who's never played in the game, and other practice squad bodies who have never played in the game. Oh, so, no. like, if Kenny Clark goes down, they're going to be relying even more on TJ Slayton and Devontae Wyatt, which is just asking the world of those young guys. Uh, Brandy, I share your concern. Like, I... I know that like safety's got its problems. You could look at a couple of the offensive spots. To me, the number one place that I'd be looking to shore up on this roster if they're going to go get somebody is a defensive lineman because, yeah, I see the same thing. One guy gets hurt, and that depth goes down fast. Very, very fast. Steven says, Hopkins market. Oh, Steven, I know. I know, he's free. Like, the Cardinals did him, like, the greatest favor in the world, right? Like, you've got this disgruntled 30-year-old, highly paid wide receiver who gets all the guaranteed money, so he's getting paid anyway, mm -hmm. and they couldn't work out a trade, so they said, oh, go be free. And, like, just go go play with Josh Allen. Go play with Patrick Mahomes. Go do what you want to do as we lose every game conceivable. Like, they did him such a favor. Not that they really won before, but... No, no. Okay, well, yeah, but this <laughs> year continue, especially, yeah, continue uh, to lose. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, they're just gonna lose more. This like year. we're good. Yeah, get us a better draft pick. I just, I, you know, I was talking about it when I very, very first started the stream. Like, I just can't see Green Bay investing as much as he is still gonna call for, especially considering I would not be shocked if on a team with a first-year starter a team that is not the Super Bowl contender that it's been in the last couple of years, is Hopkins going to want to come to Green Bay 
for the money that they can pay him. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Don't be shocked. Don't be frustrated. When inevitably, three days from now, DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Buffalo Bills, signs with the Ravens, signs with the Chiefs, wherever, right? And then you hear the classic line of the Packers were in on the conversation, okay? Teams use that all the time. And basically all that means is, of course, of course, the Packers, DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. I'm sure they're already calling his agent and going, hey, if you want to play for the veteran minimum, we can give you a home. And then the agent goes, no thanks. And that's it. But then they can say that Green Bay was in on the conversation. So just be fully ready for that when it does happen in a couple of days. It doesn't mean Green Bay was ever close to getting him. It doesn't mean anything. It just means Green Bay probably placed a singular phone call that says, hey, we're broke. Want to play here anyway? And he goes, no. And that's it. Like, So just be ready for that. Uh, Don Welsh says, how about quarterback? Live shows during games? Keep up the... Good work, I hope. Yeah. I hope you meant to say good work. Nice, Don. <laughs> um, yeah, Don, um, I still consider defensive line to be the greatest need on this team right now. Quarterback, though, I mean, I know, uh, I believe it was Bill Huber for Sports Illustrated who just put out an article today uh, saying that the Packers have, behind Jordan Love, yes, young Jordan Love, have the youngest backup quarterbacks in the NFL to go with their first-year starter. Could they use someone like a Nick Foles type or, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, who's way too expensive, but coax him out of the announcing booth or whatever? Like, could they use some kind of vet body like that? Yeah, I mean, they could. But at this point, it's just a question of allocation of resources, right? Like the Green Bay Packers have about $16.5 million in available cap room. Probably about eight of that is going to go to the draft picks that have yet to be signed. Because all the biggest ones that have, like all the ones that haven't signed are their biggest ones. So in actuality, they've got like eight-ish million dollars. And of course, part of that's got to go to an in-season piggy bank. So deduct five of that. Like, you see what I'm getting at? They don't have a lot of money. Realistically, they probably have $3 million-ish to play with. And they can open up some more doing a Rashawn Gary extension or, you know, a couple restructures that are left that they could do. But really, like, we're, we're pretty tight in. Well, so let's see the team has got, let's say they even do a Rashawn Gary extension, right? And all of a sudden, the team opens up. $8 million in available cap that they can go spend on a free agent. Are you willing to give five or six of that to Nick Foles? Well, or would you rather go get it on like a Shelby Harris for your defensive line who could be much more in a starting rotation? See what I mean? Like the Packers are going to face these questions pretty quick. If they do get into the free agent market at all, it's going to be some major questions about where are their limited resources going to go? I think a, a, an older quarterback could be a valuable asset at this time. But are they willing to spend on it this year? It would have to be the right situation for the right price. And, and that's it. The stars would have to align for sure. Uh, the Real Talk podcast, uh, Wyatt has to step up along with TJ Slayton. Yeah, Real Talk, you ain't... that. Ha, that's some real talk. Uh, you, you're dead on. I mean... Wyatt and Slayton are going to be relied on to become starters, right? Like, that's the easiest way to say it. They've got to make the jump to being rotational young guys behind Reed and Lowry to being this year's Reed and Lowry. And between Slayton and Wyatt, they probably got to play about 1,200 snaps, which is a, which is a ridiculously sized increase for both of them. Um, to say that they got to step up even feels like an under. 
Understatement. Uh, Real Talk also says, Jonathan Owens and the safety we drafted, I hope, take on that other safety roles. Eric Stokes needs to get healthy. Yeah, uh, I really like the Jonathan Owens signing. The more I've read about Jonathan Owens, just the more, you know, like his overall story, uh, nearly giving up football, but then continuing to play and then ascending all the way to starter last year for Houston. Really like everything about him. I also really like the way that he plays. He plays a role that the Packers didn't really have in their safety room, so it's nice to add that into the mix as well. So I, I really like the addition of Jonathan Owens, um, as well as Anthony Johnson Jr. Like If you were here for the draft stream, you know that was one of my crushes, and I was thrilled when they actually got Anthony Johnson Jr. He may be hard-pressed to see. I think thrilled is an understatement. Well, yeah, but... I was happy. <laughs> but I think, like, I think he may be hard-pressed to see the field at first, but once he gets the hang of what he's doing, he'll be a nice contributor on both teams and defense. I think he is going to carve himself out a nice role because he's another guy with a unique skill set in that safety room that can help set him apart. So. And we have an Olympic gold medalist as a Green Bay Packer wife. <laughs> we so. do. We do. I mean... That's yeah, cool. I've referenced that. Like, for her position, she may have the highest Raz on right. the team. So I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, uh, and then, uh, real talk, your last point there, Eric Stokes needs to get healthy. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, we finally got some details about his injury this week. Finally. Um, and, you know, any time that a team for months doesn't give details, but whenever they're asked about him, just goes, well, it was a substantial injury. That ain't a good sign. And that's what the Packers did for months in regards to Eric Stokes. And now from him himself, we learned like there were multiple things uh, torn down there. He had a metal plate put in. He believes that he's going to be able to get his speed back. Um, but so much of his game is predicated on speed, which means obviously you're hoping he can get that speed back. But then two, is it going to take a long time to get that speed back. Just how much time is he going to miss this year? Because that injury, it wasn't a small one. That was a massive injury, uh, which is a real shame for such a young player who had such a promising rookie year, too. David says, I'm late but present. Hey, David. Happy Friday to you. We'll give you a pass this time. <laughs> um, let's see. The real talk. Do you see Van Ness getting his opportunity to prove himself once Gary returns to the starting lineup? Yeah, I think so. I think if you kind of hearken it back to exactly a couple years ago when the Packers had Z and Preston and then drafted Rashawn, I think this is just the second generation of that. Now they've got Rashawn and Preston, and then they drafted Lucas Van Ness. I think he's going to carve out a nice, like, a, a strong role. He's going to see the field a lot. Uh, even, I think it was Joe Barry who spoke last week about how he fully anticipates using all three simultaneously in certain packages. And it makes sense, right? Like, you don't even have to go that much lighter than your norm considering Lucas Van Ness is a big-bodied edge. I mean, you're only losing, what, like 10 pounds from D-line to the edge because he's such a big body? So I think there are going to be a number of packages where you see all three simultaneously even after Gary's back and, and fully healthy. Uh, Patrice, how many games do you think the Packers are going to win this year? Oh, Patrice! Um, oh. I reserve the right to change my mind. However, right now, 
Mark me down for 10. I'm on the optimistic wow. side. I think that this team, I don't like, I, I don't think they're going to be in it for the division. But I do see that this team can compete for a playoff spot. I do see that this team has a path, not guaranteeing it, but this team has a path to be more successful than last year's team. Wow. I mean, like, think about some of the games last year that they lost at the very end, or think about some of the games last year that they were, like, that close to taking, and then the team just, like, died right towards the end of the game. Reverse just a couple of those, and all of a sudden you're a 10-win team. This team is not that different than last year's team. I So right now I'm sitting in the camp of, like, I, I really think 10 is well within the realm of possibility. I know. I I'm know. keeping them more reserved and going eight, maybe nine. Okay. I mean, that's still fair. Certainly isn't the drop-off that... Uh, oh, no. I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people think they will be. Yeah. I did, I did see the most recent uh, odds have them finishing to get, like, the number seven draft pick last uh, in next year's draft, which would put them at probably, like, a six-win team. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Me neither. Uh, John Mark Liddell says almost all of the battles and wars in the history of humanity have been fought by armies with the majority of the troops <laughs> under the age of 25. I say let the Green Bay Packers youth movement carry the day. Hey, John. That is with, right. With a historical reference. I mean, right? The wars and revolutions are fought by the youth, right? And Green Bay's going to try their darndest. Like, <laughs> we are taking that in stride. I mean, they probably could use a couple old generals like who know what they're doing. But hey, nonetheless, in the trenches, it's going to be the youngins. No, no doubt about it. Passaccia is for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Passaccia is for. He's the old general. Right? Especially the cranky Even one. Matt's pretty young. Yeah, like, yeah he is. All right. Uh, Brandy says, how do you submit a nickname for a player? Carl Brooks has short arms and he tears stuff up. G-Rex? G-Rex. <laughs> I can dig it. I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, and I, I Our know toddler my, would love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> like our three-year-old would love having a player to cheer for G-Rex. He might have to get a jersey of that for him, actually. We'll custom make it at the Packer Pro Shop. <laughs> yeah. I'm down with it, Brandy. Approved. <laughs> Uh, David says 10 should be doable. Right? I mean, it just feels feels like they can. It, it just a couple more things to go their way this year versus last. Feels like it's possible. I'm, I'm there. Uh, Brian says, I think Tucker Craft had the same foot injury as Stokes either last year or the year before. Yeah, I know. Um, the only reason I'm, I'm hesitant to fully agree with that is because... I'm still a little unclear for Stokes what the exact injury was. Like, I know he he talked about, like, a couple of things that tore and they put a metal plate in. But, like, I don't know what exactly, because uh, he just, he didn't really get into super specifics. So, uh, it could very well be. Um, and in which case, like, I will not be shocked. I'll just say it now. I won't be shocked at all if Stokes starts this year on at least the pup. Maybe even the the uh, IR to return, but I I won't be shocked if even if Stokes is is running like we know he's jogging now, even if Stokes starts to practice, I do think that this one's going to take some real time to come back from just the way that he was talking about it. 
Lick Gables, if Jordan has the exact same stats as Aaron last year, do we think it is a good or a bad year? <sighs> well, in my opinion, that's a good year. Like, that's a good first starting year. Uh, depending on the metric, probably puts him, you know, like top 20-ish quarterback, uh, which in some ways will be disappointing. But, you know, it basically, because Rodgers' first year as a starter was pretty darn close statistically to his last year as a starter. So if Love goes out there as first-year starter and puts up Rodgers' first-year starter, I think a lot of people are going to feel okay with that. I think more important for me, rather than just the raw statistical output, is going to be how do those numbers feel? And I know like that's the stupidest thing to say in the world when it comes to football, but like Aaron Rodgers last year put up pretty deficient stats for Aaron Rodgers. But at times the offense just felt zombie-like. There was no life. And I mean, like I know Lake Ebbles, like you were here, you heard me piss and moan all year about how the team was just lifeless. If Love puts up Rodgers' stats of last year, but there's life, if there's sign of an upward trajectory as opposed to slow death, then I'm a lot more okay with those stats. And I probably would have been more okay with those stats from Rodgers this year if it would have felt that way too. It just never did. So uh, I'll, I'll throw in the caveat of like, I'm going to be satisfied, but I got to feel it. I got to feel the love. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> the Real Talk says, what kind of offense will we see the with Love at the helm? I would expect more mobility because all the OTA footage shows Love throwing on the run. We know Rodgers was a master at that. Maybe Love can be too. Yeah, I, you know, in some ways I'm inclined to agree. Um, I think we're just going to see, because especially this year Rodgers wanted to simplify the offense, right? He was talking about, like, less motion, wanting to make it simpler for the young guys. It almost feels like the old guy who wanted to keep it reined in is now gone. So now all the young guys are going to be like, Coach, give We're us the free. hard stuff. Let's go. Like, And sometimes it's going to bomb horrifically. <laughs> but they're going to try it, right? And so I do think we'll see some... Uh, like, Love does not have, like... Uh, like, he's not a Justin Fields, right? He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not, like, a running quarterback. But I think... Kind of that sneaky athleticism Rodgers early in his career is actually a fairly decent comp to how well run, uh, to how well Love can run or move with the ball in his hands, just in terms of scrambling. So uh, I, I think that that's incredibly reasonable. I do think we're going to see Love on the move quite a bit, quite a few rollouts, uh, things of that nature. I, I I do think it's coming. I'm very much with you there. Real talk. Uh, David asks, which side of the ball do you see as having the biggest turnaround this season? Um, I guess it goes a little bit to what I was talking about with love earlier and the way that it feels, but I'm going to say offense. And I'm going to say offense because I just feel like things are going to feel more lively. Maybe the results will not always be there, but I feel as though it's just going to be more lifelike as opposed to last year. Uh, whereas the defense, I mean, the defense down the stretch was doing its job. And if it can stay on like it did through the last quarter of the season, let's say, they're going to have a competent defense all year long. The issue with the Packers defense over the last couple of years has not been having good games. 
it's been having good games week in and week out. And, and that's, or even within a game, like quarter to quarter. Um, so I think because we've already seen the defense achieve a certain height, I would just answer the offense because I think we can see them ascend compared to what they were last year. Um, the Real Talk responded to that question um, saying, special teams and offense is my guess. Honestly, Matt LaFleur was limited with Rodgers because Rodgers loved making a lot of adjustments on the fly. Love is younger and will trust Matt. That's the hope, right? I, it's simply put, yeah, that's that's the hope. Uh, LeKebel's, uh context as well. Aaron was tied for most NFC touchdowns for most of the year until the Colts-Vikings game. Yeah, you know, and the only caveat that I'll throw into that is passing touchdowns, especially in the NFC on the whole last year, were down fairly dramatically compared to like the years that Aaron won the MVPs, just like league wide passing touchdowns were down last year. So uh, yes, in terms of raw statistical data, Rodgers was still at the top in a couple of those more like cumulative stats. But I don't think there's any denying that at times, like almost in spite of that, the offense still was stagnant. And I guess that's what I was alluding to. Uh, Brandy saying, I think Jones is the veteran and loves ear this year. I would really enjoy Jones staying in the game if he has the hot hand instead of getting pulled every three plays. That helps love the most, in my opinion. Keep Jones in the game. Yeah, yeah. Both I for football and my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, right. I do wish that the Packers would implement a little bit more of a hot hand approach as opposed to a drive in, drive out approach that we've seen Lafleur do. Um, I'm with you, and I agree completely about the leadership angle too. We're already seeing it, right? Like Aaron Jones being the one in the locker room doing. Why is everybody talking about rebuilding? We're not rebuilding. Like we're gonna be just fine. This whole team believes in Jordan. We're gonna be just fine. Like you're already seeing. Aaron Jones ascend to a level of leadership that he hasn't had in the past mm -hmm. because there's been other loud people in the past. Like, and now they're all gone. So now Aaron Jones is beginning to fill the void. And I think come training camp, when we see Rashawn Gary around more often, when we see Jair Alexander around more often, this is going to be a team of new voices. This is going to be, you know, not all of the sound bites are going to come from the quarterback locker anymore. This is going to feel different. And, uh, and I'm very excited for that. Uh, so let me just answer the, the couple we got here, and then we're going to get jumping. Uh, Real Talk saying, I've been hearing that A.J. Dillon had what looked to be a down year last year. Do you agree? What can he improve on this season? Uh, to put it really succinctly, I think he just had a year that didn't meet expectations. And I say that because he didn't ascend, right? Like year over year, um, like years two to three in his career felt very the same, felt very slow in the beginning. And then all of a sudden this radically better player at the end of the season. So I think uh, what they were looking for was that you sending into year three, he was going to be a more complete player. Now, just to put it super simply so we could keep moving at the end of the year, the man ran differently. Um, he ran with purpose again. Like at the end of the year, he was running like he did in that Tennessee game his rookie year, like powerfully, decisively. It wasn't like little shoestring tackles that were taking him down like they were in September. And that's the kind of ferocity that that big back running back needs to run with more often that he just, there were times last year where he was brought down too easily for a back of his size or, or his reads just weren't 
quick enough, and so he'd get stalled behind the line. Uh, easily, like, I don't want to say easily fixable things, but certainly doable fixable things. Uh, so I, I think he can certainly turn it around. Uh, Patrice saying, do you think that they're going to give Tyler Goodson a chance to prove himself that he can be the third running back? Patrice, super quick answer. I will say yes, if the man can learn how to pass protect. He's a spark plug. He does some good work on teams. <coughs> Excuse me. At least as of last year, he could not pass block to save his life. So if he can learn that, I do think he's he'll be in the conversation. Uh, super quick. Uh, Lake Ebbles locked on NFL as well. Mentioned Rodgers is often making the right one-on-one -on -one reads, but he just couldn't hit the space between the corner and the safety anymore. Jordan got that young arm, though. See, I know I know you and I feel the same. We're, we're excited. We're excited. Um, and let's see. Who is uh, your 23 yeah. Packers comeback player of the year? Rashawn. I like Rashawn. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Oye of Little Faith Vision 14-3 season. Oye, I said 10 wins. Come on. It's not Ye of Little Faith. Uh, look Jordan at the tape and legs. number of games lost in the three years and Rodgers threw an incomplete pass instead of running the ball. Jordan has legs. See, John, there I'm with you. There I'm there I'm very with you. I'm ready for that to be done. Real talk, thank you for hosting this. Do you live stream games? I hope to see more of these in the future, maybe. Go pack go. Hey, you know what? Uh Lake Hebbles saying, yeah, AJ admitted he was getting in his own head. Have a good one, everyone. You as well, Lake Hebbles. And yes, AJ did admit it. I really love to see that player accountability and self-awareness. Now, to close this all out. Real talk, yeah, actually, throughout the course of the offseason, we're really considering doing this once weekly. Okay. Uh, changing the format of the show a little bit uh, to do, uh, like, especially while there's not as much to talk about, like, let's interact with people. So moving forward, I'll talk about it on the channel, but it quite very well could be once weekly, we actually do a live half hour like this. And then in the season, Yes, we are anticipating for almost every game. I know I've got a personal, like, couple games that I probably won't be able to do. But almost every game, uh, I will at the very least be here. She'll be here for most of them uh, to just hang out, watch the game together, react, talk, learn, uh, and just cheer for the Packers. So thank you so much for coming by. We didn't know if there would be two people here. We didn't know if there would be <laughs> ten, but like, whatever. Thanks, y'all. Thank, thank you. you. Have a wonderful weekend. One quick heads up for you. Uh, next week, probably going to alter it just so I can spend time with family on Monday. Probably going to be episodes Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. If there's one live, I'll certainly be getting to you about that. Uh, but don't expect an episode on Monday. Probably will be a family day for me unless I can crank it out this weekend. Uh, but then still expect three episodes as normal. Just probably Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Have an absolutely fantastic weekend. Thank you, everyone. And as always... Go, go pack, pack go. go.